You're listening to the Versus Node Podcast, presented by Gamernode.com. Welcome to episode 63 of the Versus Node Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Anzato, and I'm joined today by a co-host you may have heard of. He's back, Jason Finelli. Nobody knows me. (laughs) I think anyone who's listening to this podcast probably knows you. Yeah, maybe. It's been a while, though. You haven't been on the last few episodes. How are you? Good, good. Things are are interesting. Things are, you know... uh, Yeah, it's a wild time of the year. It is. It is the wild time of the year. It's it's two, two and a half weeks, two weeks before the big dance. Still getting some <laughs> appointments in order and see what see what we can do here, but it's it's going to be a show. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be some crazy stuff. Nice. I think we'll either hold that till the end of the show if there's time, or if not, maybe try to get on uh, in a, a week or two before you head out to E3. I'm actually not going this year for the first time in eight years or whatever it is. Um, so it'll be cool to live vicariously through you. Maybe when you come back, you'll be able to tell us everything about it also. And I'd be happy to do so. Awesome. But for now, we're going to talk about some games. That's been the trend lately. I've been kind of just boiling the, the podcast down to talking about games. So uh, what have you been playing lately? I want to start with uh, Smite. I got into the closed beta on Xbox One, and I had not played any MOBA before that. MOBA, for those who don't know, is uh, it's Mobile Online Battle Arena. Maybe that might be Massive Online Battle Arena. Something like the M always throws me off. Multiplayer? But it's essential multiplayer. Maybe it could be that too. Um, I think yeah, it, it, is, it is. It is multiplayer online battle arena. You're right. So essentially the way it works is you have a big area, and most of them, most of these uh, standard maps have three, there's there's two bases for each team, and then there's three lanes, as they call them, one connecting the two bases in the center, and one connecting the two bases on either side. And in the middle is what they call the jungle area, that's where most of the fighting happens. And it's basically a, a tug-of-war, almost, to, to fight for one side or the other. And as teams do better, they progress. And then each team has three towers uh, protecting their base that do a little more damage. And then one phoenix, which is like a big tower, or like a, like a really deluxe tower that's harder to break down. And then finally, the titan in each base, and the the goal is to kill the opponent's titan. So it's so you're trying your best to per, like like push forward, push forward while repelling uh, or uh, defending against the opponent's attacks. And it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting take on like a strategy. And then there's MMO elements because it's just multiplayer matches over and over and over again. Um, and you're building characters and leveling them up and stuff like that. Smite is different from League of Legends or Dota 2, which are the most popular MOBAs at at the current time, in that it's a third-person behind-the-back perspective as opposed to top-down isometric. Mm. So instead of, like, watching all of the action from a bird's-eye view, you're in the middle of it. You can only see what's around you. You can only see what's coming at you. 
And I, I find that to be a little more enjoyable. I like that perspective. I prefer yeah, that Yeah, looking at it, seems like it it puts you into the experience a little bit more. You're more a part of it as opposed to uh, an observer or a or like a, a commander. You're more playing the character, it feels like. Exactly. And while the basic control schemes are, from what I understand, the same, you have your character and you're pressing buttons to make them do certain pa- uh, special attacks or, or to uh, trigger certain buffs and stuff like, stuff like that, you do. You feel like you're a little more immersed in what's going on on the battlefield because you're closer to it in this perspective. Also, for being the first major MOBA to try console, it really translates well. The Xbox One controller is pretty well suited to the way they mapped it out. Essentially, all of the special uh, attacks per character are uh, mapped to the Y button and either neutral, up, down or maybe left and right, depending on how many you have. So that so you know, all you have to know is where, uh, which attack is slotted in which position, and then just press Y and trigger it, and, you're, and off you go. Um, understanding that it's that it's on a controller, um, I'm assuming that the attacks are all real time with with cooldowns. I guess. Yes, there's, that's exactly uh, right. There's no delay. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 you do you do the attack or you trigger the buff, and then each attack has a certain cooldown. Nice. Um, my favorite part of Smite, I think, is the character selection. All these yeah. uh, fighters or champions, as the mobile world calls them, are based on actual mythology. There's uh, Chinese gods. There's Hindu gods. There's Greek gods, Roman gods. Um, I tried oh, wow. so Bologna, many. the Roman. Yeah, there really is. There's like 60 of them. I, I tried uh, Bologna, the goddess of war, uh, for the Romans. I tried Zeus. I tried Thor. I tried Ymir, a Norse god. I tried all kinds. And they're all hist- based on actual historical uh, myths. And not only that, they present these myths to you via bios in the game. So... Not only are you playing a game that you like, you're learning. Nice. Kind of cool. That Most cool. people are like, wow, that's stupid. Who wants to learn? I, however, think that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't know a damn thing. Not, I mean, maybe I should have. But, like, Hindu gods, I mm-hmm. barely know any of them. But now, Vamana, the fifth avatar of Vishnu, he's one of my favorite uh, <laughs> gods to play as in the game because he's such a little dude and he's kind of hard to hit. Uh, and he's a physical melee guy, gets right up in your face, which I like. Now I know a lot about Vamana. Nice. It's, Are you converting? Am I converting to Hinduism? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. No, I just have a little more, a little higher appreciation for nice. Vamana. So social studies teachers and uh, I guess religious studies teachers take note. You can play Smite in your classrooms. Yes, it, it does a pretty good job of staying uh, at least a little bit close to the source material. Now, does this mean I want to try and learn Bacchus, the god of wine? Yes. I feel like... <laughs> um, so, along. do they... Uh, do the characters have dramatically different play styles? Like, skills and... and uh, well, they all kind of fit... Each, each of them fit into two different types. And types are, you know, melee attack, physical attack, ranged... Um, magical support and stuff like that. Like for example, like I said earlier, 
Vamana, fifth avatar of Vishnu, he's a melee physical. So his deal is to get up close and hit you. Uh, as, and he has high defense, so he can kind of sort of act like a tank. Whereas Neith, the weaver of fate from Egyptian mythology, is an archer, a hunter. So she's a ranged physical attacker where she's shooting bows and arrows at you. Then you have um, Celia, the horror of the sea in Greek mythology. She is a mage, so she's shooting ranged magical attacks at you. Mm. So it depends on your type of play style and what you think you'd like. Then you pick your god and you go from there. Nice. But but it's generally uh, pretty classic archetypes. Nothing like crazy and different um, in terms not of that I've seen. interesting not new that I've stuff. Seen yet. Doesn't, doesn't mean that they're not there, but everyone that I've played so far is pretty standard. Like Ymir, the Norse god, it might be different in that he is melee-based and magical-based. Mm-hmm. So he's got a little bit of both, but you know Hercules isn't throwing spells. He's just punching yeah. your face in. He's just throwing bows, elbows. He's throwing bows. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm not saying that is like a is like a bad thing. I was just curious to know if they like shook it up because you know you've been playing a, a lot of Smash lately, and we've seen that even there, there's a lot of a lot of shakeups and like traditional play styles. I mean, that's a completely different genre, but, you know, a lot of games are trying to, to bust out and, like, use more more different, unique types of uh, play styles. Sure. You know, everything's multiplayer, um, so you have to have to make some variety, but this looks cool. I think there's 65 total on their website. That is crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. So pick one and start learning. Because <clears throat> <laughs> if you're if you're if you're just getting into the closed beta now or recently, you're already behind the curve because pretty soon they're going to be able to let they're going to let people link their PC accounts to their Xbox Live accounts. Mm-hmm. So that's easy transition from characters for people who have been playing on the PC for a long time into the Xbox One world, and things will get tough. Yes, yeah, Smite has been available since uh, last year, March twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be uh, crazy competitive on that front versus the Xbox One front. If you if you watch some esports, some Smite esports matches, they get intense. Mm-hmm. To the point where it kind of scares me. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I'm afraid. I'm afraid to to really venture into ranked matches because you know these are supposed to be gods. They're supposed to be all powerful beings, and I feel like. I'm going to walk in there, and they're going to make Zeus look like an idiot. Yeah. So, yeah, so but now, it's fine. I'll, is, I'll is Smite it. on Xbox One, um, is it free to... Like, what's the um, the the monetization scheme for this game? Well, right now, it's in closed beta. Okay. But it works like... Um, well, there's a couple things. One... You get in for free, and then they're, what they do is they rotate certain gods that you can use while you're playing for free. Mm. And you can also purchase what they call a Founders Pack. It's like $25 or $20 or something like that, but it opens up everything. Oh, okay. And there's still... So otherwise, you could be used to playing one character if you're playing for free, and then all of a sudden he's not available for a period of time? Yes. Like, if you go to Smite's website right now, it says Current Free God Rotation... And her, the Egyptian slayer of enemies, who is ranged physical, a hunter. Freya, queen of the Valkyries, magical melee. 
Hades, King of the Underworld, Mercury, Messenger of the Gods, and Odin, the Allfather. That's it. Okay. Yeah, so you're pretty limited unless you get that Founder's Pet. Yeah. And there's also uh, gems, or like free-to-play style currency, where you can buy uh, items and stuff like that. Clothing, hats. Is it... Do you buy... um, do you buy items that improve your abilities or make it, you know, like play to, uh, pay to win, or is it all um, uh, aesthetic? As far as I know, it's just aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can actually buy items like that, because how, how it works is any items that you get to improve uh, uh, gods only happen in-game. Yeah, so, I like, see there are a lot of weapons. Fair. As you're progressing, you gain points or money, right? As you, like, kill minions or, or take towers and stuff like that. And the items are split into tiers. And then every time you die, you can go into the menu and spend what you've earned on items that will buff you for that game. So nice. everybody, everybody goes in clean to start, and then eventually you start building your inventory. And you can even tell the game like what you want to focus on, and it'll focus on that inventory for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, so it's interesting, right? It, it's one you can't just go in there and be, you know, excuse the pun, godlike, right? From yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So that's Smite, and um, right now it's in beta. And uh, do we have what is it? Quarter two? It just sometime soon then. It should be a. I have a feeling sorry. that Smite's um, Smite Xbox One's full release will be coming, or at least announced, uh, in two weeks at E3. E3, yeah. Specifically at Xbox's event because it's an Xbox One exclusive. I would not be surprised if they thro- if High Res throws the actual release of the or the full release date of Smite. Yeah, like um, available for full. Full play like tomorrow, like something like that. I don't know if they'll do that <laughs> because I don't know how long they want to keep it in beta. But I don't know that it'll be too long. I give it a month, maybe July. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because it plays That's smooth good. right now. Yeah, everything that I've seen of it, uh, it looks that way. That's cool. Um, nice. But, so I haven't been playing any mobas. <laughs> no, but, no. Uh, but but have you been playing? I'm curious. I've been playing another type of game that's been uh, pretty prevalent lately, a roguelike, but it's Uh-oh. what they're calling a pyroguelike. <laughs> it's um, it's Flame Over, uh, which is oh. a firefighting game by um, Laughing Jackal. Um, I think they've only made one other game. They made Oh My God Zombies, which I think was available on uh, on Steam and and uh, mobile. But um, yeah, Flame Over. When I first saw it, I was like, "This looks terrible." <laughs> and and you know, I I took it, you know, took a chance, gave it gave it a chance, and it's really hard at first, but it's kind of addicting. So you play as this. This uh, little firefighter dude, it's got a, a cool graphical style. You know, he's very uh, animated, the sort of cartoony, 3D cartoonish kind of guy. He's a, basically a mustache and a nose under a, a helmet. Um, and you go through these different 
um, rooms of an office building putting out fire, and you have a... Uh, it's like a twin-stick top-down shooter, but you start from scratch each time. Like, you die, and you start from the first level again. So that's the, the roguelike element. And in between... If you gain upgrade tokens, you can get upgrades for the next time you play. But um, you have a a water hose and a, an extinguisher, and those combat two different types of fires that you'll encounter, which is the normal like wood burning fire, and then electrical fires, which are it's somewhat hard to see it when you play, but um, you can tell by a black smoke coming out of it. Otherwise, they look completely the same. And um, playing the game, I say it's really hard because the the fire, though it's the only enemy, let's, let's call it, in the game, it is relentless. And you'll find that you open a door to a new room and all of a sudden you're having flames spit out at you and then catching rooms that you've already sort of cleared back on fire. Um... And and it takes a lot of patience at first, and uh, it's it's kind of daunting. But you know, as you play, you you learn, t- you know, kind of uh, what techniques will will help you succeed better. Um, so it's a skill building game in that way. Um, though I've never actually completed a um, a round of Flame Over without finding. The uh, I'm pretty sure every level has it. You you can turn off the electricity, so that eliminates all the electrical fires and lets you go through just kind of exclusively blasting everything with water. Um, unless I find that, I really have not been successful at completing levels. And it, everything is timed, so time runs out, and the game doesn't end right away, but you'll find that all of a sudden you're being pursued by like the Grim Reaper who just has to touch you and then it the the game ends. So theoretically you could get to zero, finish putting out all the fire and run back to the fire exit uh, and and complete the level even though you had zero time remaining. That's re- this game sounds bad. And I don't mean bad <laughs> as in not fun. I mean like bad as in I'll get pissed off and break something. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, oh my god, I just cannot win. But, you know, there are things that you can do to extend your time. Like, you'll find uh, survivors, just people and cats, throughout the the, uh, the building. Yeah, I mean, of course, you're a, you're a fireman. Um, and you can get them to follow you. And when you drop them off at the starting room, which is the fire exit, you get time bonuses added. So it's not that terrible. Once you get in a little groove, you'll start building up your time, and it becomes a little bit easier. And then, you know, you, you shut off the, the electricity, and you, you kind of, like, have some breathing room. But um, you also have a limited amount of time. You could stay within close proximity to the flames. Um, there's a, a meter that fills up, and once it, it'll start, like, flashing, and once it hits the, you know, once it completes, you lose a heart and you have, like, two to five or, or something hearts on top, and when, when they're all depleted, you're dead, and hey, it's game over. You start from the beginning again, from uh, stage one. But if you complete a level, you get to take along whatever upgrades you found for the next time. So, like, 
the first one that I was able to get was uh, you'll find special items more more frequently because you can search different you know pieces of furniture or whatever. And sometimes you'll get bonuses because you'll encounter some like some crazy lady who's standing in the middle of a room with fire, and she's like, I left my purse somewhere in the office. Can you get it for me? And she refuses to follow you unless you go find her purse. Meanwhile, she's in a burning building. So you'll bring it back, and you'll get you'll get a bonus for, like, um, you know, a time bonus or a, a token. I think it's when you when you find someone's item, you get a uh, an upgrade token, which is cool. Um what else? Yeah, so it's it's severely dangerous, and <laughs> for a while I thought that like I wasn't going to be able to beat anything at all. But eventually, I you know you just persist and you you develop your skills. And like as you're shooting, I said it's a twin stick shooter, so you're moving around with the the left stick and uh, circling, you know, aiming with the right stick. And then if you're actually firing with one of the two triggers, you'll turn to strafe mode, so you can kind of like cover, you know, windshield wiper a, a certain area and it's it's pretty nuts like as you're as you're going through the flame just kind of envelops everything. So so I found that I would open doors or I would I would want to only go one route at a time because by opening doors it lets these different parts of the of the fire like spit fireballs out and they basically catch instantly on whatever they land on um so i only wanted to open like one door at a time and clear that room but then i found i was running out of time so i tried another strategy of opening every just going everywhere until i found the the electrical switch and then coming back and blasting everything with just straight water because the the electrical fires make it very difficult everything kind of comes back pretty quickly like with these electrical ones you can you can eliminate the flame and just have the smoke still left but the smoke being there means that the fire can reignite spontaneously and you may think that you put it out but then smoke's there so all of a sudden you look away and look back and the fire's back so it's pretty crazy but you know it it's the kind of game that sparks that that uh addictive tendency in gamers so once if you're hooked by it i could see sitting there and playing for like hours and at the end of it just saying to myself oh my god i've been playing forever Because you know you just get engrossed in it, and you you want to succeed, even though it's somewhat frustrating. But it's pretty cool. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like the best game ever, but it's it's fun and interesting. You know, it's different too, because like how many firefighting games have you played? The only one I can think of was this weird arcade one from Sega, where you used it was basically like a Time Crisis, but instead of shooting, <laughs> shooting people, you aimed a fire hose at fire. Nice. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Super Mario Sunshine in a way because of the, the you know like the flood, but it's you know instead of cleaning up, you're you're putting out fire. Right now, is there an overarching story to all this, or are you just like putting out fires because you see fire? No, you're just a you're just a firefighter. There's a quick opening cinematic, like it comes through on the fax machine, big fire at this place, and the guy jumps in his, uh, his name is Blaze, he jumps in his, his fire truck and heads out, and then all of a sudden the game starts. You know, it's very, 
just very NES in that regard. Yeah, yeah, it's like like an arcade game essentially. But yeah, it's uh, it's on Steam. Oh, it's uh, actually on. Yeah. Reminds me of the Paperboy paper at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, I dig it. Not bad. Uh, that, that, that's a pretty cool game. See, that's that's what I like about games now. You always like, you know, there's the big AAA titles that you know you're going to at least enjoy, big budget stuff like that. But every once in a while, you're going to find a little gem that you wouldn't have thought put any mind to when you were younger. But now that you're an older dude, or maybe like a younger dude now, just looking for something different, you try it and you're like, "Yeah, I really like this." <laughs> Case in point, Octodad. Oh yeah, you got you got hooked by Octodad. Huh? I freaking love that game. It's pretty funny. It's so stupid in the best ways. It's 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 just look at him, you know, wander around as I'm as I'm controlling him, and he's and he's blubbing all over the place when he picks something up or he throws something. I just laugh. Mm-hmm. I just I just laugh. I recently reviewed it on Vita. Um, yeah. And I played it on PS4 and Vita. The PS4 uh, was definitely smoother, mm-hmm. technically. And what I mean by that is, in the Vita version, for example, the very first thing you're doing is you're in a church and you're getting getting ready for your wedding. That's right, octopi get married in this game. To human women, no less. And you have to like walk through this area and get to a door and then have him grab the door knob and swing the door open. So I walk up to the first door, and I press the button for him to grab the doorknob, and he ends up grabbing a chair on the other side of the door, reaching through the door <laughs> and grabbing a chair. And now I'm like, shit. So I press the button to drop the chair, and he drops the chair, but now he is one with the door, <laughs> and he won't move. Oh, jeez. Again, I say, shit. And I have to, uh, I have to restart from the last checkpoint, which... Thankfully, it was not very far away. But it, it's still just, you know, cheeky, stupid fun. And sometimes that's what you need in a game, just to sit down yeah. to laugh or smile for a little while. And that's what he does. That's what he makes you do. He just, you just smile. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Nice. I yeah, did we... like, however, in the Vita version, when I got to the ending, I beat the game, the little cutscene plays, it goes to load up the credits, and the game crashes completely. Just crash, <laughs> bang, zoom. So I had to do the last little bit again, but it didn't crash. Did you do it time, again? So I got okay. Yeah. Continual crashing would suck. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah, Octodad. Dan was in love with Octodad. We we talked about it uh, when it was out on PC. Um, I like less than the actual gameplay of Octodad, which is this is Dadliest Catch, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Aside from the gameplay, which I wasn't a huge fan of, beyond like the initial novelty and and the lulls of it, um, the the sort of deeper meaning to it of his fear of of being uh, judged for what Spooked. he is and kind of hiding, yeah. you know, like going through life in in sort of hiding. Um, yeah, that was really an interesting way to to present that because people people deal with that. In real life, every day. That's cool. Um, you were playing another game that has to do with uh, cephalopods, right? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's very good. 
That's <laughs> very good. I, I, yeah. you know, I spend so much time thinking about the mechanics. I forget that they that the kids of Splatoon are squids. Yeah, That's good work by you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this game has been kind of. Uh, it's been high on on the the Nintendo following radar because it's something different from Nintendo and uh I'm really curious about it. It's like something that they haven't really approached before. So maybe you could tell me and us and the listeners some details about how it feels to play. Um it's a third person shooter by Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So it feels just like it and that's and that I say that in the best possible way. They for a genre that they have been notoriously avoiding, they really yeah. nailed it. It's amazing, it's amazing how different the experience is when instead of aiming at other players, which you still do from time to time, you're more focused on the environment around you mm-hmm. and filling up every pathway with your color paint in order to win the turf war. It makes the game so much more interesting and so much more fun. It really does. That's weird to say, I know, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I, I've, I've kind of got shooter fatigue. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Call of Duty every year and Halo Master Chief Collection when I could connect last year and Halo 5 coming out this year. Shooters, ugh, I just, every once in a while, I just, I'm playing a shooter and I'm just like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta play something else. I couldn't stop playing Splatoon. The only thing that stopped me during my review session was not being able to find other players. It's it's so much fun. So much fun. There's there's, there's an insanely deep customization system that I didn't expect. Every piece of clothing that you buy, every gun that you use has different attributes. So my loadout right now, I've customized so that every piece of clothing I wear increases the amount of ink in my tank so I can shoot for longer before I have to reload. If I wanted to, I could make my shoot my my uh, shots more powerful against humans, or I could make the reloading faster. You know what I mean? Like every mm-hmm. single piece of clothing has some kind of attribute. Nice. So it's like RPG esque. Yes, like, like it plus is. And, and, and there's a single player aspect, which some people thought was better than the multiplayer because it incorporates like different types of platforms and obstacles and stuff like that. I felt like it was a really um, involved tutorial for the game before you jumped into the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Now, there are things in the single player that I don't expect to see in the multiplayer. One instance being a platform, uh, a big uh, cube platform that starts small and then you realize it's a sponge, and as you shoot it with paint, it grows to astronomical proportions and turns the color of your paint so you can easily jump onto it as a squid and go up the side of it and get to the top and continue. Mm. So there's little, there are cool ideas in there that probably won't make their way into the multiplayer, but for me, the bread and butter is four on four. And a, a, a lot was made of the lack of voice in the game. And those okay. people... I don't understand why that's an issue. I understand their concern, <laughs> but the way that it's incorporated, you don't have to talk to people. You're playing with a gamepad. You look down, and not only does it show you every, every one of your teammates' position on the map, and sometimes even the other players' positions on the map, it shows you how much paint is on the map. If you nice. see more of your color than the other one, go in defense mode. If it's the opposite, get on the attack. Either way, 
All the information you need is right there, and I don't have to hear someone telling me how they had their way with my mother. Yeah, realistically, voice is... It's a great part of multiplayer gaming, in theory, but in actuality, it's the worst part. Because <laughs> no one... The people who play always end up just being jagoffs. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's a little editorialization, but I, d- I don't think it should affect the game, really. I agree with you. Um, now, I have a question. Do you said sometimes you do attack the other players, but most of the time you're just shooting the environment. What would what are the reasons to directly conflict with other players? If they're right in front of you. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> I mean, if, if and you're, if what you're, do you do to them when you hit them? If if if, if you shoot them enough times, they explode. Whatever okay. you mean, they explode. They go back to their starting point, and the surrounding area where they exploded is then covered in your paint. Is it a huge explosion? or is eh, it sort Not of like really. Okay. It, it's like where they're standing and maybe, I don't know, a foot around them. It's not much. Oh. But it's so enough it, that if, if, uh, if time's running out and the area is even and you kill someone, it could be enough to give you the edge. Do you feel like it's balanced for the amount of effort it takes to kill someone versus the amount of paint? coverage you get when they blow up, or do you sure. think that it should be bigger? No, no, I feel like the amount of shots that it takes to kill someone is basically the amount of shots it would take to cover that amount of area. Okay. Sure. Cool. It's pretty even. And so there but are a few modes in, like... Uh, there are. I mostly play Turf War. I, there is a direct, you know, just straight-up deathmatch, but, but you're, you're not going to want to play anything other than Turf War. Mm-hmm. It, it's really... I keep saying this. What way. is Splat Zones? What's what? Is splat zones a real territories. thing? Territories. Okay. Think of, think of Halo territories, but instead of uh, just claiming it, you're painting it. I got it. Yeah. But that actually, I, don't, I, don't, I never pl- that wasn't av- made available to uh, reviewers. I didn't get a chance to, to do that. But that's, a be- that's essentially what splat zones is. It's like King of the Hill territories kind of thing. It revolves, you get your one central area... And that's what you're trying to cover as much of. So it's, it, think of it as like a centralized turf war. You have a bit, instead of covering a whole big map, everyone's focusing on like a 50-foot, 100-foot radius. Mm. Nice. And what, how do you feel about the maps that you play on? What's, is there a, what are they like? Is there a big variety? What could, they, there is. There's, there's, an under, there's an underpass that's like a skate rink. There's a, there's a mall setting, Arowana Mall. There's uh, like a hangar type of thing, like an air- airport hangar type of thing. And they're all really cool. There's a lot of like areas with chain link fences where you can shoot paint through the fence and then go into squid mode and go underneath the fence and end up on the other side so you can go through that pathway. There are a lot of high areas where you can take the high area, cover it with your paint, cover the area below you with paint, and then you have the advantage when you see other players coming if you mm-hmm. take the high ground. There's one level where the high ground is the dead center of the map. Nice. So if, you can, if you can keep that for a consistent amount of time, you can do well. Okay, now we there's one thing that we didn't quite touch on yet is the, the squid mode itself. The turning into a squid? Yeah, yeah. It's one press of a button. You, uh, you go into your own color 
paint, you move faster because you're swimming through it instead of walking through it. It reloads your ink while you're in there. And you disappear, though, if an opponent knows where your squid is, they can still shoot you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're invulnerable. You're just not there. They shoot right. the ground, they see you there. Right. And that... So, I mean, it, it, it adds a little bit of uh, strategy to how to play. So, like, you could sneak up on someone, pop up, shoot them, go back down, pop up, shoot them, go back down. But again, if they, if they can follow your pop-ups, then it's not as effective as it seems. Or they just pull out the roller and they run you over. Yeah, the roller. What's the roller do? The roller is essentially a giant paint roller where instead of shooting, you're rolling streaks. It's almost like a tank weapon. Got it. So how many different types of weaponry are there? Um, There are auto... I used like a super soaker looking thing. There's a roller, there's a paintbrush where it's like... It's the same thing as the roller, but it's smaller lines and you move faster. There's um, like pistols. There's uh, special weapons like a giant bazooka, which shoots a big tornado of paint that creates lines. There's bombs that everybody gets, which then can be upgraded to grenades, which do bigger areas of paint. Um, it's pretty pretty varied. It really is. Nice. So do you think that, this, that Splatoon is going to garner a large following for for the Wii uh, owners out there? Is it going to rival Call of Duty every year? <laughs> oh, no. I don't think it'll rival Call of Duty anytime soon, just for fact of being on Wii U alone. But I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it does get itself a, a decent following. Yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, obviously, I was just kidding about Call of Duty, but, um, but uh, my, my real... What I mean is, do you think it's going to remain something that's super fringe, or it's going to become a little bit more central to the conversation around the Wii U and and Nintendo as you know a, a new franchise? If, if marketed correctly, it could be a system seller. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Cool. And you're reviewing this game, right? Already did. Already did. What'd you give it? What'd you rate it? Out of what? Eight, and where? Eight, eight out of five. Eight point five out of ten. 8 out of 5, you idiot. 8.5 <laughs> out of 10 on ArcadeSushi.com. 8 out of 5, everybody. You heard it here first. <laughs> Best eight game ever. ArcadeSushi. I think it makes sense that it was on ArcadeSushi because it's squid-based. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, I, oh man, why didn't I put that in that review? Why? What the fuck? But uh, that, mm, That's genius. Um... <laughs> I'll tell you what, for a brand new IP, Nintendo needs to work on more brand new IPs. Yeah. They really do. If this is what they can do with it, absolutely. Sign me up. It's awesome. Yeah, it seems like whenever they come out with something new, if they really focus, it's pretty good. I mean, unless it's like... I guess everyone has their own opinions, but things like Wii Music are not really lighting my soul on fire, but Pikmin came out as a new IP, and... It was amazing, unique, and you know spawned a great following and a and a long running series. So, Pikmin's great. Hopefully, hopefully Splatoon has the same effect. I would have no doubt. Nice. I really would. Um. Yes, yeah, so if that's all for Splatoon, I've only I just have one more to talk about before we uh, finish up. And it's really interesting, and it kind of has to do with Nintendo, because it is a game that is based on 
on <laughs> it's based on Animal Crossing, basically. Um, it's kind of like a an Animal Crossing slash Harvest Moon, but leaning way to the Animal Crossing side game that's available on Steam. Um, it's called Castaway Paradise, and interesting. It's it's basically very similar. You have this this overhead sort of isometric view of a really cartoony world. There are it's almost like copyright infringement, honestly. But but um, you're on on an island where you meet up with other villagers who are animals and talk to you. And the first thing you do is you know you're first arriving there. You you uh, you washed up on shore like you fell uh, off a boat or something. And then the I don't know if she's the mayor, but a character says, "Oh, you can have this tent." This is your place. You can customize it and upgrade it as you make money. And then there's a there's a store. There's the the mail man. And the, then you can go to the bank and you do little quests for. Pe- there's there are additional parts of it that are that are um, different. Like you get experience points, and as you go up in levels, you gain. Uh, access to other items in the catalog, or or uh, you're given particular tools or items, but um, it's it's essentially a lot like Animal Crossing, um, except you're playing with a mouse and keyboard, and really you can you can play the game almost entirely just with the mouse, which is kind of convenient for this type of game. You know, it's like a very relaxing game. You can do something else while you're playing, just kind of like putz around your island. Um, but that also means that it's it doesn't feel quite as tight to control as uh, as uh, the Animal Crossing games, or at least when you're playing with a controller. Because I know it feels you know what it feels like it feels like the DS ones using the stylus to move around um, because you're you're running by holding down a mouse key. I mean uh, a mouse button in the direction that you want to go, or if you want to walk slowly, like to sneak up on a bug, because you do catch bugs with bug nets, and you do go fishing with a fishing pole, and you you know, you know do get a shovel and a rake, and you plant, and you, all those things. Um, you want to walk slowly, you just uh, you hold the mouse button nearer to your character. So it's like, it's a little... It's a little uh, less tight than with a controller, but still, it, it's convenient in that you can just do it with one mouse hand. Um, it, it's just so funny to see, because it, it's exactly an Animal Crossing game, but it's for, it's for Steam. Um, the world that you're on feels much smaller, because it's, it's a small island to start, um, then you can like build bridges, repair bridges to go to different parts of it, but it just seems like super scaled down versus Animal Crossing, where when you first arrive, you feel like, oh, I, I'm going to explore the town and meet all all my people, and um, it's a little bit more regimented in that you'll get notifications on the side of the screen that say there's a new quest that you know this ape guy has or. Um, or, oh, you've completed this, go back to this person. Or you'll get a notification if your town has a visitor, like a, a traveling salesman, which is something we saw in the Animal Crossing games also. You'll have like a little persistent notification on the side of the screen. And then you can click and you know you can 
pull out and see a, a broader view of the map that shows where things are. So, like, it streamlines the process and it makes it less of just a hang out in the town and do whatever you want kind of game and gives it more of a directed experience so you, like, always have a very concrete goal in mind as you're playing. Which I don't know if that's a better thing or a worse thing. Um, to me, I feel like it uh, it removes some of the the vibe of Animal Crossing that made it so special, and it kind of makes it more like a gamey game. So I would not choose it over Animal Crossing, but um, it's still cool that it's available on PC. You know, like we've never seen a game like that, or I've never seen a game like that available for PC. It's always been a Nintendo exclusive thing. Um, but yeah, that, it's it's interesting. It's, if you're an Animal Crossing fan and you want to play on your computer, that's the game to get. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's cool. At least somebody's trying, that, right? Yeah, and that just came out uh, last week, two weeks ago, ten days ago. Yep, and it's 15 bucks. Yeah, and it's for Windows and Mac on Steam. Windows and Mac on Steam. I'll have to try it. You said it's islands. Hmm. Yeah. Is there a volleyball named Wilson? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen one. <laughs> but Can there be? There probably could be a volleyball. That's cool. And the seasons change, as in, as you'd expect. It has that that persistent time mechanic like Animal Crossing made popular. So they want you to come in and play every day. You get like little bonuses for for, you know, watering all the plants all, all the time and you know, adding the, that all these these classic game mechanics to it kind of kind of entice you to play more and and make sure that you're you're always checking in. That's cool. I don't really have have a whole lot else to say about it because it's you know it's just the type of game that you sit down and putz around with. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I played it. I would give it a a thumb up out a of two thumb thumbs up. up. Yeah. Nice. I, I would I would give it a positive review, but not like overflowingly ecstatic. <laughs> okay. That's still. I, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's a fun little time waster. Yeah. Um, I can get behind that. So yeah, I mean, not the most exciting way to end a podcast, but um, I didn't tell you beforehand, but we're doing the uh, the the cool things, the treasure chest of cool things section at the end of all the podcasts now. Just uh, anything that you've that you've discovered lately. Be it gaming or not gaming, movies, uh, an item, a product, uh, just anything cool in the world that you want to mention that was awesome. Uh, now's the time. Do you have a cool uh, thing? Mad, Mad Max was a good movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that from everyone. I liked it a lot, and I wasn't really familiar with it before I saw it. It was very good. Nice. I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the whole thing is really cool. Uh, it's just nonstop. It's, it's as soon as the movie starts, you're it's action. There's very very little downtime. Nice. 
just enough to, you know, run to the bathroom in like with like 45 minutes left where it's nighttime and they're just talking to each other. And even mm-hmm. then you have to be quick. Nice. But it was good. good. It's very, yeah, very I'm probably cool going to go see it maybe this weekend. Uh I was I'm really looking forward to it, especially since like I was looking forward to it before, but after it came out, I don't think I've heard one negative thing said about the movie. That's which good. is which is shocking in this world, <laughs> you know. Yeah, where the internet likes to complain. Um so yeah, so I don't really I wasn't really prepared with a cool thing this time around. But uh, looking around, I noticed something that I absolutely love that is uh, relevant to your interest. To, to my interest and potentially those of the people uh, listening to the podcast. I got a Pelican case for my camera. Um, to those of you who don't know, I'm a photographer and uh, videographer <laughs> outside of Gamernode. And, you know, it's it's always a challenge to find um, cases and and bags and stuff to to carry your equipment. And if you're going on a trip, like recently I I had to fly to Atlanta to cover a a competitive gaming event, um, and you don't want your stuff to get all smashed up and you want to have peace of mind, a Pelican case is absolutely the best thing in the world for that. I learned about it from working on set at the, you know, on Gotham, on the TV shows in New York. That's what all of, basically, the camera crews use to protect their equipment. The the audio, the sound departments use it. Everybody uses this stuff. Um, they come in a huge range of sizes from, like, roller roller cases to, like, just a small lunchbox size case and you could carry whatever you want in there. It could be a camera, it could be could be like your your GoPro, it could be some audio equipment, it could be computer, it could you know, whatever. Whatever you have. You could put your your PlayStation in there or your Xbox in there. It's they come with this pick and pluck foam where you kinda you pull out all the little cubes of foam to be the exact shape of whatever you want to use the Pelican case for, and it's like this super impact-resistant polymer, like thick plastic outer shell. You know, it's basically indestructible, crush-proof. They're watertight. You could drop them in the ocean. They float. No water gets in. They're lockable. They're amazing. Um, So if if you have anything that you really want to keep safe, especially for traveling... Pelican case is awesome, so that's a that's a super million thumbs up for that, and I'm glad that I noticed that it's there because they deserve all the praise in the world. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's my cool thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, positivity, I'll man. Tell, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll tell Boyle about it. You might yes, be in it. He probably has some. Yeah, he's <laughs> got it right um, sure. Yeah, so uh, so I guess that's it for episode sixty-three yeah, of Versus yeah. Node. Thanks, Jason, for for no hanging with me, talking with me. Um, Happy to be next here. time. Next time, I'll have a lot more in-depth discussion about some other games that I need more time to play. Um, so that'll be cool, and maybe we'll talk about some E3 if we can do it in time or even afterward. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Where have you been? Doing your work, where can we? Well, 
do all that kind of stuff before we go? Well, my work my work can, can be found on arcadesushi.com, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the sci fi games.com, which is a free Flash-based gaming site, um, has recently announced a uh, recently started a news section. They call it News from G4, and their official title is G4 at Sci-Fi Games. Um, I write two news articles a day for them, plus a feature a week. I'm going to be doing an E3 series pretty soon on um, like focusing on each company, kind of similar to what we did uh, in 2012. Mm-hmm. The spotlights. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be doing something like that for them uh, starting Monday, hopefully, uh, with like what games are coming out from which companies and what what I like predictions at the end, that kind of thing. Um, I just released my Octodad Vita review on Pocket Gamer in the UK. Um, I, you may see my work pop up again with Walmart Game Center for E3, as well as Games TM in the UK as well. So there's there's a lot going on in the Sweet uh, in the writing world. Yeah, hopefully it stays that way. Nice. And are you still Big Man Finelli on of Twitter? Course. That's never going to change. It, you know, it did. It changed for like a minute. Well, it, it changed. It, was it, it for changed. One... Or, or is it like... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Everyone yelled at me. They're like, put it back! I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> if it ever changes sure again, I'll put a hashtag I'll make it not back so. Big... <laughs> yeah. Oh, the not yeah. so Big Man Finelli. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've been on a, an epic quest. This is another cool thing. Jason has lost about 80 pounds, 70, 70. 80 pounds at this point. 70. I want to lose 80 by E3, Eight. so it's two weeks. Yeah, it's it's really it's awesome. I'm, I don't want to say it's not difficult, because it is difficult, but it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be to get where I am now. It really wasn't. It was just self-discipline. I had to yeah. tell myself, this stuff is bad, and you have to stop eating it, and eventually the rest of my body listened. There you go. Um, yeah, right. and the hour and a half is habit, right? Yeah, it basically, and the hour and a half at the gym every at the gym every day helps too. Nice, cool, man. So. Well, that that is something that we're gonna keep abreast of because it's awesome. You know, aside yeah. from all the games that we love, this is like real life good stuff going on. That's right. Cool, man. Maybe I'll right. walk around LA without getting tired this year. <laughs> <laughs> my dogs are barking. Remember that? Oh my god, the worst. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and uh, <laughs> you guys can also find uh, me on, on Twitter at, at Eddie and Zotto and uh, Gamernode at Gamernode and go to Gamernode.com for uh, everything we have over there. And um, that's about it. Thanks again, man, and thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time. See ya. Yeah. Let me know when you stop recording. Uh oh. Ha ha ha.